so we are in week two of this series, which is called I Am, because God said I am. When, when uh, Moses said, who are you? What do I tell them? He's like, say I am. Uh, because even though he has a name, especially in the Old Testament, it's Yahweh, uh, he doesn't need one because he's God. And so last week we talked about the Father and the fact that he created everything. The fact that even though he created literally everything, he still loves all of us and he still uh, has grace for all of us and he still has hopes for all of us and he still has a plan for all of us. And so he has this whole plan throughout eternity that goes from uh, creation to having people give sacrifices of like killing lambs and stuff. And we talked about last week, like the reason it starts with killing a lamb is because at the time, other people and other cults and religions were killing virgins and children and people they didn't like, uh, kind of like the early Salem witch trials, I guess. And they're just like, that's what they'd sacrifice to their gods. And so God's like, hey, uh, let's, oh, let's do this uh, differently. Let's do this differently. And I'm going to show you step by step how to, to find me. And so it started with that because if Jesus had come then, they'd have been like, what are you talking about? Like, we're, we're sacrificing people. How can we possibly love everybody? And so he starts with these sacrifices to give more rules and to give more laws. And if you look through the Old Testament, there's many, many, many more laws. And part of that too is because this is the start of everything. Like, uh, population is very low at that point. Like, and, and so... Uh, his plan continued and continued and continued. And so this week we're talking about part two, uh, which is Jesus. And Jesus is the son, obviously. Uh, everybody here knows at least who Jesus is. You've all heard that he died on the cross. You all know that he rose again. That's the point of church. That's what we come from. That's what our faith comes from. Uh, he's the savior. You talk about him at Christmas. People know him about at Easter when he rose. Like all of these things we know. Uh, one of the things that we don't realize a lot of the time is, as I said last week, so the Trinity, and I'm not going to get super into the Trinity, is God. Like, God is the Trinity. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. Like, that's God. That's one God. Uh, and so Jesus is eternal. Now, Jesus in human form uh, started at, what, like 3 AD or something, and he came to earth, came to a poor couple who were young. Uh, and, you know, went through the stages of life because he wanted to understand us. He wanted to show us that he was like us. He could have come to a rich couple and had more influence or had more popularity or had more fame, but we can't relate to that. Like, he came in a way that everybody could be like, oh, wow, he went through all of this. He, he went through it. Uh, and so he didn't have, like, a ton of followers on his TikTok, and, like, he did all of these things, but he did his best, and he uh, talked to a lot of people, and he helped people every step of the way. And so while his crucifixion and his resurrection, while his birth, like, those are the major things. Those things are important. Those things are vital. Those things are vital not just to our faith, but to our lives. The fact that he lived each day as a sacrifice in how he treated other people and how he loved other people and how he helped other people. That's the example that we follow. And so he is eternal. Um, there are some theologians that think that in the Old Testament, anytime it said the Lord walked or the Lord did something physical, that that's Jesus. Now, it's not Jesus the way that he necessarily looked in the New Testament, because again, that's when he came as a human. That's when he, he came in human form. So before that, I don't know how it worked, but it was probably similar to his resurrection form. And I know that this is getting into the weeds. My point is just God is forever. God started at the beginning. God is eternal. And Jesus is part of that. And so I'm going to read from John 1, 1 through 18. Uh, in the beginning, the word already existed. Word is capitalized. That's Jesus. Uh, the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Um, so basically 
this says that Jesus is the light. Uh, Jesus is the light of our lives. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light, period. Uh, if you look at the world as a dark place, uh, then Jesus would be just the, the main light that we focus on. And so if I were able to turn all of the lights off in this room and like make it completely pitch black, uh, it, first some of you would start laughing and picking on each other and throwing things at me and all these other things, but... Uh, it would be pitch black, and then if somebody like hit a lighter or lit a match, like you'd be able to see it across the entire room because just a little bit of light in a dark space carries forever. And so Jesus was the light that we see, and he's also the light that we follow. A little later on in his ministry, he said, be the light of the world. What that means is don't let people uh, darken your light. Don't let people change who you are to fit what they want. Don't let people change who you are so that they'll like you more. Don't let people change who you are to get a relationship with you. Don't let people change who you are, period. And show that light. Show who you are. You're not going to be perfect. Uh, Jesus was, but you're not. We're not. And yet we can do our best. We can stand up. We can be like him. We can learn from him. We can be that light that people see uh, in confirmation, which we have before this. Uh, we talked about how to be a witness. And basically, the best way to be a witness is not to memorize the Bible. You can do that. That's awesome. It's not to throw Bibles at people. Don't do that anyway. It's not to quote scripture. Now, you can do that. Again, that helps. It's good to know. But it's to show people who Jesus is by treating them like Jesus would treat them, by treating them how Jesus treats you, by treating them with love, by treating them with respect, by showing them who Jesus is in your life by being like Jesus. Uh, in the church, capital C church for like the entire church in the world, um, we say the words be like Jesus a lot. Uh, a lot. Every Christian, every pastor, everybody will say at some point, be like Jesus. And that's true, be like Jesus. But we kind of don't always do it. And so uh, if you get on social media, it sucks a lot of the time because people are very negative. And most of the people that comment are the people that want to hurt. Uh, most of the people that write reviews are the people that want to be critical. Most of the people that uh, want to be funny do so by the expense of other people. Like all of these things happen on social media. You guys get that because uh, you guys have social media. I'm sure you guys uh, know what cyberbullying is. You guys know how people can be mean, all of this stuff. But the point is that when we say be like Jesus and then we go and act like everybody else, but then at the end say, hey, go to church. It's nothing. Like, that's not helping anybody. Uh, when you say, hey, I'm going to be like Jesus, but you voted differently than me, so I hate you so much, and you're so evil for voting that way, that's not like Jesus. Uh, if you're just like, hey, be like Jesus, but I don't agree with what you believe, so I'm never going to talk to you again. Or I don't agree with how you look, so I'm never going to look at you again or talk to you again. I, I don't like who you are, so I'm never going to talk to you again, etc. Now, again, and I say this each week, and it's important. If someone abuses you, that's different. If you have to cut people out of your life for valid reasons, that's not the same thing. What I'm saying is to make these judgments and then say, you know what, because we're different, we're done. I hate you. Uh, anytime you say hate, for whatever reason, you're not being like Jesus. Jesus stood for love. Jesus was treated like garbage every day of his life. Uh, his disciples even turned on him at times. Like everybody made fun of him. Everybody threw things at him. Everybody wanted him to die. They chose a murderer over him at the end. And yet he still, even on the cross, said, forgive them. Because that's what he was about. He was about loving God and loving others. And, and what this says is that's what light is. That's what a witness is. That's how we be like Jesus, not just say it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter if 
you look like a Christian because there's nothing to look like. It doesn't matter if you know the entire Bible. You should read the Bible. You should study it. You should be close to it because it helps your faith. But what's important is who your heart belongs to and how you live. And that all goes back to Jesus. Uh, the next part of the scripture is God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So basically, this just says that John the Baptist did what we're supposed to do. He talked about Jesus. Now, not everybody is able to do that. And I don't mean that not everybody can talk. I mean that sometimes, so I've talked about myself, I'm very anxious and I have a lot of anxiety. I obviously have to talk a lot. But in one-on-one situations, especially with adults, because adults are scary, and I realize that I'm super old, especially now, but I was saying, like, it, it's intimidating. And so sometimes the right words don't come out, or sometimes they don't think of the right thing, just because it's such a, an intense, intimidating situation. Maybe some of you guys get this. It's like, well, in public's not great, but one-on-one, that's kind of scary when it's with an authority figure, or with somebody that, that is smarter than you, or whatever you think. Um, and so this is like, hey, John the Baptist, he lived like Jesus did. Like even before Jesus came, like he talked about him, yeah, but the main thing he did was he, he gave his life to him and he showed that example. And that's to set up Jesus and to show that anybody could do it. Because a lot of people thought John the Baptist was crazy. A lot of people think you're crazy for being a youth on a Sunday night instead of wherever else people go on Sunday nights, Walmart or Liberty Center or Graders or what Seth's house, like wherever people go on Sunday nights. Uh, People think you're crazy for that. They think you're crazy for giving this your time, for going to church, for going to confirmation, for doing whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter because people thought Jesus was crazy. People thought John the Baptist was crazy. That's not what matters. What matters is who you think you are and that you live up to that and that you do your best to be like Jesus. There's that phrase again. Next part. Uh, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. So imagine this for a second. Let's say, uh, so I talked about Minecraft last week. I don't super know Minecraft, but let's say that you have Legos. Let's say that I bring in a bunch of Legos for everybody. Everybody here should know what Legos are. And like, I'm like, hey, build a world. Like not a literal world, but just build like a, a little town or a little house or something and put little characters in there. And like this, name them. And like, this is, this is your world. And like, you're in charge of this little Lego world, okay? And I tell you to do that. And then somehow... Uh, you get the ability to go down and talk to them. Now, I realize right now you're like, wow, talking to Lego figures, I already do that. But also, what what I'm saying, like, I realize they're inanimate. I realize they're not real. But let's pretend that they come to life as soon as you build them, which is super creepy. But hey, the Toy Story movies are creepy if you think about them really hard. Um, And so they really, really are. Yeah, that is too. So... uh, but anyway, so let's say that you, you're able to go into this Lego world, or let's say you can go into your Minecraft world, or you can go into Fortnite, although I don't ad- advise that. But you can go into something where there's other people that you created, other things that you created. And then you go in there, and you're like, I created this thing. Like, I made this Lego thing. I made this Lego store. I made this Lego house. I made this Lego world. 
and now I'm with them, and they're all like, yeah, you suck. Like, I'm serious. Like, you make them, you put them together, you built it, and they're like, you suck. Like, you're so stupid. And, like, they just insult you all the time. You're like, but, but, whoa. I literally, like, put you together. Like, I literally created you, and I came down as a Lego person to talk to you. And you're like, you're throwing stuff at me? That's what Jesus did. Like, God created everything. And then he became in a human form to come to be with his creation, his Lego people. And everybody's like, you suck, dude. And that's awful. That's horrible. And we would never literally say that to Jesus because it's classless and it's wrong. And yet people do that with how they treat him, with how they treat other people. And so he came down and he did that and he lived through that. And yet he still showed love. He still said, forgive them. He still helped other people. He still showed who he was every step of the way. So I'm going to guess that at some point in the next couple of weeks, something in your life's going to suck. Like you're going to have trouble at school, you're going to have a relationship problem, or you're going to have home stuff, or something is going to suck, and you're going to be really sad, or you're going to be really hurt, or somebody's going to be a jerk to you, or somebody's going to laugh at you and not tell you why they're laughing, or somebody's going to do something to hurt you. And you're going to be like, this sucks. Life sucks. This is horrible. Uh, that is real. Just because it doesn't happen all the time, or just because it didn't happen in the same way as Jesus, that doesn't mean that it's not real. It hurts. What hurts you hurts. That's legit. Don't let anybody... Take that away from you like it hurts. But when you are able to stand up in those times, now still feel the pain and still cry or still uh, be hurt, whatever, that's fine, that's natural. But when you're able to be like, okay, how can I learn from this? Or how can I grow from this? Or how can I help other people not feel this way? Uh, I've said this before already. I've talked about it. Like in my depression, I would love to have been healed from that. There are people that have been. There are people that have been healed from anxiety and things like that. I haven't. I still struggle with it all the time. Uh, I'm at a hard, dark place right now in my life where some things happen and it's really hard and it's difficult. And somebody asked me if I'm happy and I'm not. And I'm honest because it sucks. And yet I'm standing here because if you wait until you're happy and you wait until life's perfect to do something to help people to be like, Jesus, you're not ever going to do it because life's never going to be perfect. Now, hopefully your life is good and hopefully you have way more good times and way more happy times and way more comfortable times and way more wonderful times than bad, but we can't wait for that to be like Jesus because Jesus didn't wait for that to be like Jesus because Jesus is perfect. None of us are. Everyone in this room has hurt someone at some point on purpose, on accident, like we have. Uh, now, it's not that we set out to do that. It's not that you wake up in the morning, you know what? Uh, it's a Tuesday, and it's in September. September's a good month to try to make somebody cry. So, uh, you know, we don't necessarily do that. Hopefully, if you do, you need some counseling, and we'll talk later. But, but that's, yeah, well, Rob's beside the point. So, but, but you don't wake up and do that, but you know that you've said the wrong thing, or you've hurt somebody, or you've gotten angry and upset someone, or yelled, or said, or spread a rumor, or something like you've done something. So everybody in here has messed up. Everybody in here has messed up in some way. Jesus didn't. Jesus never did. And yet he still treated everyone else with that same love. So if he can do that and be perfect, if anybody in the history of time could have said, yeah, you know what? I've never hurt anybody, so I'm done with y'all. He could have, but he didn't. And so we can't either. We can't say, you know what? Everybody else sucks. And so I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to treat anybody like anything. I'm just going to treat them like they treat me. I mean, you can, but that's not the right thing to do. Now, again, you can't necessarily be best friends with everybody, nor should you. You can't hang out with everybody, nor should you. But 
We can show everybody in how we act and how we speak and how we live who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus did. That's why he became human. Yes, to die for our sins and to be the final sacrifice. And that's vital to our faith and to our lives. But it was also to just show us, to show us how to live, how to treat people. And I said this again in confirmation, but I say things a lot sometimes. Um, Jesus said, even the worst murderer, the worst person you can think of, loves the people who loves them. Like they do. Like, I don't know how many serial killers you, you know, but, but uh, Charles Manson or uh, Ed Kemper, like whoever else, Jeffrey Dahmer, like they loved the people that loved them. They did. It's, it's easy. It's really easy if somebody shows you respect and love to do the same back or at least not to hate them. That's nothing. Jesus said you got to love the people that don't. You got to love the people that make fun of you. And again, it's not, well, I'm going to stand here and let them continue making fun of me because I'm supposed to love them. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you do have to walk away. Sometimes you do have to cut them out. But that's not the same thing as talking trash about them or returning an eye for an eye or throwing rocks at people, whatever. He said, love everybody and be like me to everybody. And so that's what he did. And the next part here, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So here's something that I say uh, a lot because it's important. As a Christian, it's free will. Like we make our decision to be here. We make our decision to follow Jesus. Like that's, that's your decision. No one can force that on you. There are people that would love to try. Uh, you probably have people in your life who it's like, man, I really wish I could make decisions for, for them. Like we all have that, but it's our decision. It's our will. And so you be, you're saved by Jesus by saying, Jesus, forgive me. Like that's it. That's you give your heart to him and then you do your best from there. And yet, there are people who feel like, well, I have to do all of this. I have to have a checklist, and I have to earn my way into heaven. There's nothing you can do to earn your way into heaven. You could go from here and do good deeds for every single person you pass. You could help every old person across the street, whether they want to cross the street or not. You could help everybody get food. You could help everybody do everything. You could save puppies from Rob. Like you could do all of these different things that are really good. And that's not getting you anywhere. Like It's good, but that doesn't earn your way into heaven. Now, there are people who are like, well, since you can't earn your way into heaven, you just become a Christian, then you stop, and you treat people like garbage. No, it's not right either. Uh, election time, like you see a lot of Christians who don't speak very Christian-y. And, and so what I say is not, you can't earn your way into heaven, I'm not saying that. Good deeds can never earn your way into heaven. So nothing you do, how you talk, cannot make you go to heaven. However, what this part says and what I say, and more importantly what Jesus says, how you live who you are, how you talk, how you treat other people may not be able to get you there, but it will show someone else how to get there. You see, if you treat people as you'd want to be treated, where other people are treating people like garbage or just looking out for number one, that means themselves, um, then people are going to notice that. They may not be like, oh, hey, Seth, you, you really treated, you really responded, that was probably a bad example, you really responded in that situation so well, and, and I, I'm just so amazed, like you really set me on the right path, and I want to go to your church. Very few people are going to say that to you. In the course of my life, and I've been a pastor for a long time, uh, very few people come up and say, hey, you know what, what you said or what you did really affected my life, and that's not that it didn't, and it's not that I want that, but it's that people don't say that, like think about that, we don't say that to the people because we just move on. 
Uh, which isn't a bad thing, I'm just saying. And so you may not hear it, but people will absolutely notice it. They will notice how you live. They will notice how you treat other people. They will notice how you respond in situations. They will notice when you don't cheat. They will notice when you do the right thing. They will notice these things. And again, that doesn't make them Christian. It doesn't make them go to heaven. But what it does is show them, hey, it's possible. It's possible to do better. It's possible to treat people with respect. It's possible to love God and love others. Loving God and love others, loving others is not dependent upon them believing the same as you. It's not dependent on them agreeing with you. It's not dependent on them being exactly like you. That's not what we're here for. You see, you can't save anybody. No Christian can save anybody. All we can do is show people who Jesus is, and that's what this scripture is about. That's what Jesus' legacy is. It's his salvation for us, yes. But it's also the way he treated everybody. He's the Savior because he died for our sins, absolutely. But more so, he's the Savior because of how he lived in spite of our sins. How he lived among our sins and still showed us that love. And the last part, last scripture. I don't know where my phone is, so I have no idea what time it is. John three sixteen through 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. Uh, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So everybody in here, whether you've ever been to church before right now or not, has heard that John 3.16, probably in King James or another version, but you've heard, for this is how God loved the world, or for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Look, you've all heard this at some point. If you watch any football game for any amount of time, you'll see a John 3.16 sign. Uh, back in the day, Austin 316 was a wrestling thing because of John 316. Um, I'm old, deal with it. But anyway, that part we know. And that part's good. That part's important. That's our faith because God loved everybody and so he sent Jesus to be with us, to save us, to help us. But that next part is as important. Because as I said, Jesus never sinned. Jesus was perfect. Jesus never did anything wrong at all. He could have come and said, hey, you got one shot at this. You got one shot at this. You got to do better. And if you don't, you're done. He could have said, hey, you know what? I didn't mess up this. So you, how'd you mess up this? You're stupid. Get out of here. He could have done this to the disciples. If you read through the Gospels and you look at Peter, who we all have probably heard his name. He's one of the most well-known church people, one of the most well-known disciples. Uh, he started churches like he did amazing things. He screwed up a lot. He screwed up a lot. And so Jesus could have been like, dude, you got this wrong. Get out. We're done. He could have done that because he's perfect, because he didn't mess up. So it would be very easy for him to say, yeah, that's what up. Uh, if you follow sports at all, like the greatest athletes are really bad coaches most of the time. Like Magic Johnson tried to be a coach, and he was not great because, because when you can do something just effortlessly. Michael Jordan could never coach. When you can do something effortlessly, uh, it's very hard to then coach someone in that. And if you never mess up, and you know, if you're perfect at your sport or as close as possible, then you see someone not working as hard or whatever, you're like, you get out of here. And so it's very hard for them. And Jesus could have been like that. And so this next part could have been like, you know, God sent Jesus into the world to save us. Uh, and then he told everybody, you have three chances to get it right. And if you don't, you're done. Could have said that. That could have been the church. And I'm going to be honest, there are some people who live Christianity like that for other people. And it sucks. And it's wrong. I've been in places where... It's so legalistic, and I know you don't know that term, but it's so geared towards the laws that if you break one, you're done forever, and nobody will ever look at you the same. There are people that will treat you like that and say this is how it is to be like Jesus. It's not. 
Because that part right there, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it through Him. He didn't come to say, hey, I want to make you feel bad about your life, and so get better. He's like, hey, I'll tell you about your life. I'll talk to you about your life. I'll show you a better way. But it's your choice. And I'm sure that it killed him. It literally killed him to want to make these decisions for other people. Like when he's on the cross, I know that he wanted to be like, guys, you've got to get this because this is important. And yet he knew it was also important that love only exists when you choose to love. And he wanted us all to have that choice. So he set the example till the very end. And so he didn't come to judge you. He didn't come to condemn you. There are people that make religion about that. It's not. It's about love God, love others. He came to love you and to help you find a better way. That doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want and then at the end be like, oh, I'm going to die in five minutes. You're not going to know that. I'm going to die in five minutes, so I'm going to quickly ask for forgiveness. That's that's dangerous and it's dumb. Uh, The more you put off building a relationship with him, the more you build this block around your heart to where you don't really want to anymore. Uh, There are always going to be people like, hey, you know what? After middle school, like when I'm in high school, I'm going to really get in groups. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to youth, and I'm going to be a better Christian. And you're like, ah, high school, nah, never mind. I want to do this. So in college, you know, then I'm really going to get into it. Like in college, you're like, oh, wait, no, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and now I'm going to wait. And you put it off. Like, you know what? When I'm married, when I'm married, then we'll really go to church. We'll really follow Jesus. And you're like, ah, you know what? Let's have fun. Like, let's do this. Let's do that. And you're like, when I have a kid. And you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And the more you put something off, the less likely you are to eventually do it. And so while it's not about, you know, do this because I say I do this because of fear, blah, blah, blah. It's about the fact that it's the right thing. It's the best thing. It's the best life. And so it's not about judgment. It's not about hatred at all. It's not about making them be like what the church looks like. It's about treating people like Jesus treated them, about loving people like Jesus loves them, and showing people that every day. Uh, I used this quote just recently. Um, St. Francis of Assisi, who is a famous pastor guy, and that's as far as I'm going to go into that, but just you can look him up. Uh, He said, I'm paraphrasing, he said, uh, preach the gospel, preach the news of Jesus at all times, and only when necessary use words. So what that says is being like Jesus is not taking a Bible and going up to somebody that's not living the way you think they should live and being like, hold on, hold on. I know that you're busy. I know that you do this. I'm going to let you finish. But here's what we do. Uh, It's old school. Kanye reference again. I feel bad. Um, He's like, I'm going to to let you finish, but but I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read these uh, lamentations to you real quick to to teach you what's wrong about you, and then I'm going to pray at you. And that's, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, hey. Treat people with respect. Love them and show them how you live for Jesus. And then the opportunity will come up to talk about it. The opportunity will come up to invite them to youth, to invite them to church, to invite them to to a relationship with him. But it starts with treating them like people, seeing them not as a number, seeing them not as anything else, but to, to love them. And honestly, loving starts with not judging. And I know that people in here have been judged before. It sucks. I get judged all the time and it sucks. It hurts. Hurt people hurt people. It's legit. When you're having a bad day, you naturally, as humans, want other people to have a bad day. Jesus could have done that. He didn't. So we don't either. So do your best. You're not going to be perfect. But do your best to love God and to love others. That's how you are like Jesus. That's what it means to be like Jesus. To show love. To have grace. Not just for others, but for yourself. And to stand up and to show people, hey, 
This is how I'm going to live regardless of what you say. Because that's what he did. That's all I got.